Good evening. Tonight's scripture reading comes from Psalms chapter 24, verses 1 through 6, and can be, can be found on page 458 in the Red Pubeck Bibles. Again, that's Psalms chapter 24, verses 1 through 6. The earth is the Lord's and the full fullness thereof, the word and those who dwell therein, for he was founded upon the seas and established it upon the rivers, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place, he who clean who he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul, so what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He who receives blessings from the Lord and righteousness from for the from the God of his salvation, such is, the such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Jesus said that following him is not about our outward actions, but our inward thoughts and character. No other passages in the New Testament have as much to say about our heart and character than the Beatitudes. So please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. This was a very important occasion because this was Jesus about to preach a sermon. So let's go ahead and read the first two verses. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set... His disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Each beatitude begins with the word blessed. This word does not mean mere happiness, but rather this person knows and values God's approval. Let's think about the eight beatitudes and what Jesus is saying about what we can learn about him from his character. The first beatitude is in verse 3, where Jesus said, Blessed is the poor in spirit. Someone who is poor in spirit realizes that he is utterly lost without Jesus. Being poor in spirit means that we need him every hour, not just at the point of salvation or just on Sundays or Wednesdays, but we need him throughout our lives every day. We are completely dependent on him. The next beatitude we read about is in verse 4, where Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn. This beatitude has to do with being heartbroken over sin. People who realize the awfulness of sin will have a mournful attitude towards it. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 136, the psalmist says, rivers of water run down my eyes because men do not keep your law. If sin is something that truly makes us sad, we will want to correct it in our lives and in the lives of the others that are around us. The third beatitude is in verse 5, where Jesus says, Blessed are the meek. Meekness is when we allow God's word to be the authority in our lives. A lot of people will essentially say, I know the Bible teaches such and such, but that's not what I want to do right now. Meekness, on the other hand, is saying, God, I love you and want to do all that you command. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The fourth be real, the fourth beatitude is in verse 6, where Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
Hungering and thirsting for righteousness means that we genuinely want to do the right thing. When you're hungry for your favorite restaurant, let's say it's Whataburger or Los Cucos, you will drive by all the other restaurants to get to what you're hungry for. Likewise, we should hunger for righteousness. We should pass by all the things we want to do in our lives to do the thing that's most pleasing in God's eyes. Jesus promises that people who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. The fifth beatitude is in verse 7, where Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful. Mercy means that we are kind and patient towards people who have done wrong things towards us. A great illustration of mercy in the Bible is when the prodigal son returned home in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. His father treated him better than he expected or better than he even deserved. This shows the father's actions as uh, how God is, has mercy on us. And his actions also show the kind of character we are supposed to have towards each other. The sixth beatitude is in verse 8, where Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart. Being pure in heart means that we are 100% faithful to God and his kingdom. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Matthew 6, verse 24. The psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 26, verse 1, I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Those who are pure in heart are those who can sing the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Can you and I sit down and say we're 100% committed to God above all other things? In verse number 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus says that his people ought to love peace and work for peace whenever it is possible. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If we want to be pleasing to God, we need to work on being peacemakers. The eighth beatitude is in verses 10 through 12, where Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. If we serve Jesus faithfully, the Bible says we will suffer persecutions, 2 Timothy 3, 12. If we serve Jesus faithfully, then uh, if we're persecuted, Jesus said that we still have two reasons to rejoice. The first one, he says that great will be our reward in heaven. And the second one, he said we will be like the prophets because they were persecuted before us. The Beatitudes have a lot to teach us about the kind of heart that God desires. Are you seeking to be a person after God's own heart? We as Christians are to strive to be salt and light of the earth. And as we do so, we're supposed to act as that not as the people of the earth in darkness. If you will please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. It reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if a salt has lost its taste, 
How shall saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Do, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the good works of your Father who is in heaven. Salt has a very distinct flavor. It is recognized when it's put in food, but sometimes you don't know it's there because very little is in the food. As Christians, we need to be noticeable. We need to be seen in the world, but there are those who are blended with the rest of the world, those who have not enough courage to stand out in the world. A song that the little children sing in Bible Hour is This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, for I'm gonna let it shine. Be, when we think about this song, it says that we are to let our, light, our lights shine and not hide it to be in the darkness to be of the darkness, to be in the world that is in darkness. Being of the darkness is not a good thing. If you will turn to your Bibles to Genesis chapter one, verse four, it says, and God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. You see, God separated the light from the darkness for the light was good, but if there was nothing wrong with the darkness, why separate it in the first place? Jesus himself said that he was the light of the world, as seen in John chapter eight, verse 12. And we as Christians are supposed to strive to be as Christ. We as disciples are not to find strength from the world, but by knowing we are different from the world. We are to rejoice in the suffering for our belief when we are being set apart from the world. And as sad as it may seem, most people in the world will not understand why we rejoice in our suffering. Not every Christian here today shines as bright in the world as they do on their own. They do it as they do in the congregation. And the unfortunate fact is they have lost their flavor. They have been covered and they have become disciples that no longer bear fruit. Please, do not become like this. It is not as Christ, your Savior, would have it to be. Oftentimes, it feels as though it would be easier to withdraw from the world, but that would not be for the furtherance of God's kingdom, for we have very little impact if we do not have connection with the world. You must look for and seek those moments in the world to be a light and salt for a world of darkness. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may be seen good works and glorify your father in heaven. In the life of a Christian, in order to let your light shine, you must do good works. It is a necessity. We need, we were created for good works, Ephesians 2 chapter 10. 
We are to be zealous for good works, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. We are to be devoted to good works, Titus chapter 3, verse 14. We are to be full of good works, Acts chapter 9, verse 36. And just like Jesus, we are to go around doing good to people, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. When we, as Christians, are salt and light to the world, here is what happens. God is glorified. People are amazed to see what he is able to do. The power of Jesus is put on display, and God gets credit for the work of his people. And people understand that God changes lives and gives hope to the hopeless. How are you doing at being salt and light? Are you different because you're serving Jesus? Are you in contact with the world? Are you a good influence on others? I really hope my lesson helped you today. And I really want you to wonder, how are you being as salt and light? If you have any need for prayers or wish to become baptized tonight, please make your way forward as together we stand and sing.